Welcome back to The Shelf Oddities. I'm Serafina. And I'm Miri. And what oddity are you feeling like today, Serafina? Today I am feeling like a small apothecary cabinet. I need something for my trinkets. That's fair. Never enough trinkets. <laughs> um, and today I am feeling like a vintage silver coffin ring. I'm sure you saw the post that I'm I sure about. did. I thought about you when I saw it. I was like, you would really like that for Christmas, but someone already bought it. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that sold. Yeah. Unfortunate. Well, Serafina, what have you been getting into this week? This has been mostly a lazy week. Um, the second, or well, that's not true. I guess technically the fifth, but the second of the new type of God of War game came out, God oh, of sure. War Ragnarok. Yeah. And we have been watching a streamer play it, and they just finished it. And it was really good. I genuinely liked it. It was a good follow-up to the last one ever since they took it to this like major campaign style cinematic version it's really fun they also have a super interesting take on like norse mythology which Mm -hmm. is really fun to look into and it has really good visuals so it's been really fun what about you um i have been you know spending money to make myself feel better as (laughs) many people do i'm sure um one of the coolest things well i got two really cool things this week i haven't gotten the second one yet but i ordered two really cool things um first off i got a really cool uh coffee cup it's like a tumbler um i'll we'll post pictures of it on the instagram but it has all of the spines from the Scream VHSs down the side so you can see them all. It's very neat. It's cool because it's like Scream related but it's not necessarily like ghost face all over Mm -hmm. so it's like a shout out to the series without it being super over the top I think Um, and the Etsy shop I got that from was Dark Rose Designs and Co. Please don't go on there and buy the Goosebumps one. I really want it. (laughs) Uh, That's next on the list. Yeah, wait your turn. Um, But I'm obsessed with it. It's beautiful. I needed a new everyday cup and um, that's what I got. And then the second thing I got was there is a leather jacket that has uh, like a full skeleton rib cage on it Oh. Uh, and uh, has the skeleton arms down the arms. Rob Zombie actually wore it. Oh, <laughs> and there there's like go. pictures of him. Um, it's been sold out in my size for months. Really? And it finally came back in stock in my size. And my uncle bought it for me for Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. And it is like genuine leather, so it'll be good for the winter time. I'm so excited about it. I cannot wait to see it. So that. I'm hoping I have it before my birthday so I can wear Rob Zombie's jacket on our birthday. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the goal. Oh, you should probably <laughs> explain to people. When she says our birthday, they have the same birthday. We have the same birthday. January 12th. It is Eerie's birthday and also Rob Zombie. Wish us both. An icon day. (laughs) Truly. 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 Well, today, oddlings, we are going to get into the Donner Party. Uh, This is going to be part one. It is very long. (laughs) There's a lot to go over. Um, Obviously, trigger warning, there's murders there's cannibalism it's the donner party it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows um that's for sure it's the opposite of sunshine and rainbows it is in fact darkness and winter death so yeah (laughs) so for the next two weeks do not listen to our podcast while eating yeah, if, if that's a problem that you have, um, I recommend. Now, part one here is going to be a little bit more tame. Uh, the weird, well, I mean, I guess not the weird, but the, the stuff that's... Intense stuff. Yeah, intense stuff doesn't happen until part two. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and kick us off. 
so most of the information came from an article on spartacuseducational.com. Um, other sources are included in the notes as per usual. Uh, a lot of this is also from Wikipedia, specifically the timeline. I'm going to go through a timeline of events uh, for the Donner Party. I'm going to go through month by month, not exactly day by day, but very close. Um, and Wikipedia breaks that timeline down really well, so if you ever want to read it, um, I highly recommend. So, the Donner-Reed Party was formed in the early spring of 1846. Economic difficulties and dreams of manifest destiny were contributing factors to the forming of the party. The promise of free land and a better climate drew the James Reed and George and Jacob Donner Party's families to travel the California Trail like it did for many people during that time. It's almost like the manifest destiny didn't work out for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> The Donner Reed wagon train was made up of 20 vehicles, 87 members, and the party included George Donner, his wife Tamsin, and five children, and a family friend, John Denton, Jacob Donner, his wife Elizabeth, and seven children. Ouch. Right. <laughs> James Reed, his wife Margaret, and Margaret's 70-year-old mother, Sarah Keyes, and four children. Sarah Keyes was very sick with consumption when the journey started, but she wanted to make the travel to stay with her only daughter. And I can't imagine having to make that choice. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah. But I, um, it was important to mention because that comes up later. Oh no. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Patrick Breen and his wife Peggy and seven children and a family friend named Patrick Why Dolan. Do they all have seven kids? So many children. Get I a mean, hobby. You've, the birth control wasn't really a thing, Serafina. You're right, you're right. You're right. Get off her. Like, I don't know. I'm just scared for all of these women. William McCutcheon, his wife Amanda, and one child. William Eddie and his wife Eleanor and two children. Lavinia Murphy, a widow from Tennessee, was accompanied by her four unmarried daughters and two married daughters and their families. I love the name Lavinia. It's so pretty. Such a good name. Yeah. Um, William Foster, his wife Sarah, and one child. William Pike, wife Harriet, and two children. They're all William. Uh, yeah, there's so many Williams. so many Williams. I was going to edit the bullet talking about how they were unmarried because I'm like, oh no, not the spinster narrative. <laughs> but it did actually matter because yeah. like them being married meant that there was also men and children. Right. There was also Charles T. Stanton, a businessman from Chicago who was traveling on his own. The party also included a group from Germany. This was Louis... Kieseberg and his wife and two children. Kieseberg also brought with him three employees, Carl Berger, Joseph Reinhardt, and Augustus Spitzer. The wagon train also included two Germans known as Hardcoop and Wolfinger. Also in the wagon train were three Teamsters working for Donner, which was Noah James, Samuel Shoemaker, and Jean Baptist Trubode. Jean Baptist. What a name. Jean-Baptiste. Oh, Jean-Baptiste. <laughs> and five people employed by Reed, which was Bailey's Williams, Eliza Williams, Milton Elliott, James Smith, and Walter Heron. This is way more people than I thought. Yeah, and um, the number of people and who is involved is going to vary throughout this journey because people would leave, oh, gotcha. people would stay at certain stops longer and then rejoin later. Some other dramatic things also happen, but that's basically the core list. Gotcha. 
I thought it was like a family. I didn't realize it was like a bu- like a neighborhood. Yeah, it was originally together. called like the Donna Reed party mm-hmm. because there were the two families, and then it gets cut down later. And I do talk about that. But yeah, I think when you hear Donner party, you assume it was just like like a, a, a mom, a dad, some kids, and yeah. like their cart. I never thought it was this many people. That's interesting. Yep. The Donners were prosperous farmers, and Reed was a successful contractor and furniture maker. Each family had three wagons. The Reed family had one particularly luxurious wagon that writers later dubbed the Pioneer Palace Car, mm-hmm. outfitted to make Margaret Reed's 70-year-old mother, Sarah Keys, more comfortable on the journey. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yep. So now we get into our timeline of events. Uh, starting with April 15th, 1846. The journey begins in Springfield, Illinois. The destination of the first leg in Independence where the Oregon Trail begins. The distance from Springfield to Independence is about 250 miles or 400 kilometers. The trip is timed to begin when the spring rains have subsided and grass for the draft animals is available and to get there before the snow makes the Sierra Nevada impassable. Yeah, that makes sense. But did they start a trip during airy season? Yes. <laughs> and that, that was their main mistake. There were um, many mistakes, <laughs> let me tell you. So now we're going to get into May. May 10th, 1846. The Donners and Reeds arrive at Independence, Missouri, where they spend the next two days completing their outfits for the journey. Why that took two days, I don't know. Well, there was like a bunch of them, so (laughs) kind of makes sense. May 12th, 1846, the Donners and Reeds depart Independence, Missouri for California. This would be the first of many mistakes. They were the last major pioneer trail of 1846, and their late start left them with very little margin for error. Oh, shit. One of the emigrants wrote, quote, I am beginning to feel alarmed at the tardiness of our movements and fearful that winter will find us in the snowy mountains of California. Oh. And you know what? He was right. He was right? Yeah. May 19th, 1846. Can I interrupt you for one second? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Did they know how long it would take? Yeah. Like, they were told, like, y'all are starting late and you're yes. going to get there. Yeah. Wow. And they still took two days to, like, and they get s- ready? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry for interrupting you, but I had to clarify that they that they weren't just, like, idiots thinking, oh, no. it won't take that long. No. Oh, goodness. Um, May 19th, 1846. At Indian Creek, about 100 miles west of Independence, the Donners and Reeds join a larger wagon train, which is led by Colonel William Henry Russell. So this is where we start getting into ins and outs. People are joining in. People are leaving. Well, they definitely needed another William, so it makes sense. (laughs) We just need to... They're collecting them. They are. It's a William collection. Yeah. Uh, May 27th, 1846. High water stops the Russell train at the east bank of the Big Blue River in modern-day Kansas. A raft is built to carry their wagons across. Which is insane to me because you have to think they they had that, like, giant wagon, too. Right. And they, like, just built a raft and, like, did it. You would think a bridge would be easier at that point. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, Hmm. you only got so many materials. You're right. May 29th, 1846. While the immigrants are camped, Mrs. Reed's mother, Sarah Keyes, dies and is no. buried under a tree near Alcove Spring. That was so early. Yeah, she was only alive for 17 days of the journey. Holy Which, man. like, she had consumption when you started. Like, yeah. it's not the best traveling environment. It's no. not like you're in a car or a plane, you know. She like, failed the Oregon Trail so fast. Yes. Ouch. Unfortunately. 
May 31st, 1846, the last of the wagons are ferried across the river. At some point during the delay at the Big Blue, the Murphy family from Tennessee has joined the wagon train. So now we got a bunch more people. All of us are going. We're doing the thing. And they're also late, too. Yeah. So it's just the stragglers from behind. It's It was the last party, so. Wow. So now we're getting into June. June 16th, 1846. Tamsin Donner, George's wife, writes that they are now at the Plate Platte River, 200 miles from Fort Laramie in present-day Wyoming, and that the journey so far has been easier than expected. I have foreshadowing in all caps here. Yeah. <laughs> easier than expected Poor is thing. scary. <laughs> <laughs> June 18th, 1846. William Russell relinquishes his position as captain of the wagon train because he, Edwin Bryant, and others have decided to trade in their wagons and teams for mules in order to travel more quickly. Mm. They travel ahead to Fort Laramie to make the transaction. Which, like, fair, because one of the big problems that they're having here is they have so many wagons, Mm. and wagons just aren't great for travel, especially on these, like trails that people haven't actually been on to know if that's possible i don't know if you've played red dead redemption too but (laughs) whenever you're driving a wagon shifty jank (laughs) so like i can't imagine yeah no thank you june 27th 1846 the party in which the donners and reeds travel now called the boggs company named for its leader lilburn w boggs a former governor of missouri arrives at Lilburn. Lilburn? Lilburn. He's a SoundCloud rapper? He's <laughs> Lilburn. Lilburn. It's all it's all one word. Lilburn. Lilburn. They arrive at Fort Laramie. I guess he is a rapper. <laughs> That's what I Uh James Reed meets James Kleiman, an old mountaineer who has just come by horse from California with Lansford Hastings by way of a new route, which will soon be known as Hastings Cutoff. Kleiman urges the emigrants to avoid Hastings Cutoff and take the regular route instead. After reaching Wyoming, most California-bound pioneers followed a route that swooped north through Idaho before turning south and moving across Nevada. Nevada? Don't hate us, Nevada people. Yeah, either way. In 1846, however, a dishonest guidebook author we know him, Lansford Hastings, was promoting a straighter and supposedly quicker path that cut through the Wasatch Mountains across the Salt Lake Desert. I have this note in here, uh, Lansford Hastings was a major in the Confederate States Army during the Civil War, which I think tells you enough, like, that he is a shady character and we should not be listening to him about his Hastings cutoff that we were warned about from a mountain man who told us not to do it. Um, There's just one problem. I mean, there's multiple, but, you know, there's this one. No one had ever traveled the Hastings cutoff with wagons, not even Hastings himself. Despite the obvious risks and against the warnings of Kleiman, an experienced mountain man, as I mentioned, the 20 Donner Party wagons elected to break off from the usual route and gamble on Hastings' back road. That decision proved to be disastrous. The immigrants were forced to blaze much of the trail themselves by cutting down trees, and they nearly died of thirst during a five-day crossing of the salt desert. Yeah. Oh, my God. And this is just, like, in the beginning, right? Like, we're in June. Why didn't they just, like, stop and wait for the next year? Like, I don't... Oh, heaven. Rather than saving them time, Hastings' shortcut ended up adding nearly a month to the Donner Party's journey. Which is so bad, because they already left late. Oh, gosh. Yep not optimal. No. 
So now we're moving into July, uh, July 17th, 1846. At Independence Rock, the Boggs Company encounters a lone eastbound rider bearing an open letter from Hastings urging, quote, all immigrants now on the road to meet him at Fort Bridger so he can guide them on his cutoff. So like, that feels like shit's already going awry and he's like sending someone like, hey, I'll help you like figure this out because I know that it's not figured out, <laughs> basically. This is why men don't ask for directions. <laughs> this is why men don't give directions. This is I such a stop. long line of... Oh no! July 18th, 1846. The Boggs Company crosses the Continental Divide. They are now 1,000 miles from Independence and have more than 1,000 miles to go. July 19th, 1846. The Boggs Company reaches the Little Sandy River where several other wagon trains have also camped. George Donner is elected captain, thus creating the Donner Party. So here, those immigrants who have decided to take Hastings route form that new company, and that's where the Donner Party name comes from. Okay. July 20th, 1846, the Donner Party separates from the other wagons and takes the left-hand road to Fort Bridger, because they got that note telling them to do that. Mm -hmm. July 27th, 1846, the Donner Party arrives at Fort Bridger, the corral and two cabins of mountaineer Jim Bridger. There, the Donner Party learns that Hastings left the previous week, leading the wagons that had already arrived and leaving the instructions for later groups to follow him. No. The Donner Party stays four days to rest their oxen and make repairs. No. Like, it's just uh, so much time is passing. Like, no. It, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm distraught. I'm also distraught, and I know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> we all do, I think. I, I, Jeez I, I, Louise. <laughs> July 31st, 1846. James Reed writes, Hastings' cutoff is said to be a saving of 350 or 400 miles and a better route. The rest of the Californians went the long route, feeling afraid of Hastings' cutoff. But Mr. Bridger informs me that it is fine, level road with plenty of water and grass. It is estimated that 700 miles will take us to Captain Sutter's fort, which we hope to make in seven weeks from this day. Oh, gosh. It's like more people are telling them to do this, and, like, <laughs> it was so bad. I uh, wish they would have ran into somebody that just was like, hey, stop it. Get yeah. some help. Like, wait. I mean, they had one guy, that mountaineer, told them, don't do it, and they just didn't listen to him. I would have... I mean, I don't know. Maybe he didn't look... Like, he didn't have enough calluses or something. You know, like, he just didn't look like that much of a mountain man. But, like, I probably would have trusted his judgment. Yeah. Or at least considered, you know? Yeah. There's really so many children. It. So many children involved in this. There's so many kids. Yep. Um, at the fort, the immigrants take on some new members, now numbering 74 people between, you know, people leaving and joining. The Donner Party leaves Fort Bridger and starts out on Hastings Cutoff. Yeah, I mean, go the, down this they had started it kind of, and then they had to make a detour, and then they started it up. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, now we are into August. August 1st through the 5th, 1846. The Donner Party makes good time following the tracks of the group led by Hastings. Which is good, but not gonna be enough. Not good enough. August 6th, 1846. The Donner Party stops near the mouth of Echo Canyon on the Weber River, present-day Hennifer, Utah. The Weber River flows on down to the mouth of Weber Canyon at Ogden, Utah. 
Hastings has left a note for them, warning them that the road ahead is impassable and instructing them to send someone ahead to get instructions. What? Yep. Why can't you just put it with the note? <laughs> James <laughs> Reed and two others set out following the wagon tracks of Hastings' group. It's just, it just seems so bad that this dude keeps having to leave them notes. This is, yeah, this is awful. Yeah, it's not optimal. <laughs> to say the very least. And I'm going to say that so many times because <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you say? No, stop. Turn around. It's like watching a horror movie. <laughs> it you is. Know? August 10th, 1846. Reed returns to the wagons. Hastings had accompanied Reed partway back. The men ascended a peak where Hastings pointed out an alternative route. When they separated, Reed blazing a rough trail to his wagon train. So he's like, it feels like he's making it up on the fly. Like, I was about to say. Like he's just like, that's the way. Here's a new thing happening right now. Here's the thing you gotta do. Uh, entire bunch of families and all of their children and, all, and your entire lineage. What the hell? August 11th, 1846. The Donner Party sets out on the new route, but are slowed by the necessity of chopping a road through the brush and trees of the Wasatch Mountains. The Gray's family catches up with them. The company now numbers 87 people in 23 wagons. So they get caught up with more people, more wagons. They're having to, like, chop everything down because it's, like, not ready to go. Like, ugh. They had to chop the road? Yeah. Because it wasn't... No one took this road to know if wagons could take it. So they're taking it. This is so scary. Yeah. August 22nd, 1846. The Donner Party enters the Salt Lake Valley uh, via what will be known as Immigration Canyon, having departed the Weber River using East Canyon. With just a month of summer remaining, there are still 600 miles to go. Oh, no. That is a scary timeline. And also, like, in the mountains in August already, you're dealing with some of this stuff. It's not like it's like here where we have a later frost. They get it pretty quickly. And 600 miles is a lot when you're traveling by wagon and foot. 600 miles is insane. Yeah. Holy shit. Because what? Our trip to Salem was 780. Mm -hmm. So like that, and that took us 14 hours just in a car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. August 25th, 1846. In the evening, Luke Halloran dies of tuberculosis. He's buried in a coffin at a fork in the road the following day. They have TB in this group? Yes. Oh, no. Yes. About this time, the emigrants find another note from Hastings, warning them of a two-day dry drive ahead. They set out again, following the tracks of the emigrants ahead of them. So it's like someone just died, and they buried him, mm-hmm. and now they're getting another note from this dude. He just feels so... Important. He's like, I'm, yeah. I know what I'm doing here. Also, two days drive. I mean, like, stock up on water now? Yeah. Two day dry drive. Yeah. Okay. So on August 29th, 1846, the immigrants stay in camp collecting as much water and grass as possible for the drive ahead because they're going gotcha. to need it. Yeah. Grass, too, for their animals. For their animals, yeah, because wow. they have to feed people and animals. I just didn't think dry to me meant, like, you know, there's no creeks. I didn't really think, like, dry as in... Like, there's no grass. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. August 30th, 1846, the Donner Party reaches Redlam Spring, the last source of water before the dry drive begins, then sets out across the Great Salt Lake Desert. 
The fucking desert, bro. The desert. Jesus criminy. And did any of these people keep a diary or a journal? So that happens later. Okay. Um, that's where we get a lot of the notes in when things actually start like getting really bad. Oh, okay. Uh, I think they were like you know traveling, so they didn't have as much time to do that. Yeah, that's like, fair. Oh, I was just wondering if they're like, yeah, we're at the spring, like everyone frolic around and like have fun like they think like everything's gonna be fine like they have no idea yeah you're gonna get some of that in part two um where there is someone who starts keeping a diary and it does it does feel like that um, okay some of the time so gotcha be on the lookout uh so now we're into september september 3rd 1846 on the third day in the desert the water runs out that Mm -hmm. night the reeds thirsty oxen run off never to be found I thought it was only a two-day journey. It took three. He's wrong even about this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, unfortunately. I am nervous laughing. It's not actually funny. No. At all. Uh, The reeds take a few things and set out on foot. Um, So they just have to leave their wagon. I mean, they they are running out of animals to pull it because the oxen just, like, ran off. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, my gosh. Uh, September 8th, 1846, the immigrants finished the five-day journey across the 80-mile desert, which Hastings had said was half as wide. Oh, no. Uh, they had lost 36 head of cattle. Oh, no. Half of them were reeds, and four wagons had to be abandoned. No. They spent the next week at the foot of Pilot Peak, recuperating from their ordeal, hunting for cattle, and caching their possessions. I feel like those oxen that ran off are the only ones that survived this. Like, they, I mean, they made the right call. Yeah. Can you imagine how pissed these people are? Like, they're like, we yeah. listened to this fucker. Yeah. And this desert that I am traveling with my wife and my children. It also doesn't make sense to me to go to from Idaho to Nevada. Just keep going straight. <laughs> but I guess the Rockies are... And an they issue. have wagon. It's harder when they have wagons. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh. September tenth, eighteen forty-six, the Donner Party sets out again after taking an inventory of their supplies. The immigrants have realized that they don't have enough food to get them to California, and have sent Charles Stanton and William McCutcheon ahead to Sutter's Fort to request more. So it's only September here, <laughs> oh. and and they don't have enough food now to get oh. to California. So they're gonna have to. Figure that shit out. Well, I hope more people get TB. Sorry, that's oh, not God. funny. Sorry. Yikes. <laughs> Just, what are you... They, they the keep picking oof. people up. Of course they're running out of food. Uh, September 26, 1846, the party arrives at the Humboldt River, where the cutoff meets the Standard Trail, which is actually 125 miles shorter than Hastings Cutoff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Two Native Americans join the party for a while and are fed. So you're adding more people, you're adding more mouths, you're giving them more food. Oh. So now we're getting into October. John Breen later recalled of this time, quote, The weather was already very cold, and the heavy clouds hanging over the mountains to the west were strong indications of an approaching winter. Yeah, I was going to say October by the west is winter. Some wanted to stop and rest their cattle. Others, in fear of the snow, were in favor of pushing ahead as fast as possible. But, like, you gotta remember, too, like, it's freezing. You have children who can't keep themselves warm. Like, I would have just stayed at the fort. Yeah. Just wait it out. Right? I mean, dear God. Like, what do you do? I mean, you know, either decision is hard. Is it? 
I mean, the fort's not going to be able to feed 87 people. We don't know that. <laughs> I think Neither will the mountains. We find that out pretty soon, I feel. <laughs> Yikes. <sighs> so, October 5th, 1846. While struggling up a sandy hill at Ironport, Nevada, the Reed and Graves teams become entangled. A fight breaks out between Milt Elliott, Reed's teamster, and John Snyder driving the Graves wagon. Oh, no. When Reed intervenes with his knife to cut the teams, Snyder grows angrier and hits Reed on the head with his whip handle. The handle breaks into Reed's skull, causes bleeding. Oh, gosh. With Snyder about to strike again, Reed stabs him in the chest with his hunting knife. Snyder stumbles some feet up the hill and dies. <laughs> Shit. Louis Kiesberg once suggested to hang Reed for committing the murder, but after Reed's wife pleaded for leniency, the other immigrants decided to banish him instead. Can you imagine? You're like on this trail, already having straight up a bad time, and you get banished. Someone gets murdered. I have ulcers just thinking about it. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. October 5th, 1846, Reed heads west. The following day, he overtakes the Donners, who have moved ahead of the rest of the party. One of Reed's teamsters, Walter Heron, has been traveling with the Donners. He decides to accompany Reed to California. Knowing the time is running out, the immigrants travel as quickly as possible along the Humboldt River. October 7th, 1846. Louis Kiesberg turns to Mr. Hardcoop, an elderly Belgian traveling with him, out of his wagon to lighten the load. Everyone who can is walking... Hardcoop gives out, but nobody can take him in. He's last seen sitting by the road. No. I cannot imagine having to make this decision and having to watch this man just sit down oh and give up. Gosh. Yeah. They they left him because they had to. Wow. So, um, October 11th, 1846. At night, Paiute Native Americans kill 21 of the Donner Party's oxen. Shortly thereafter, the Native Americans steal another 18 oxen and wound several others. More than a hundred of the party's cattle are now gone. What the fuck? Yes. I mean, I can't blame them for the scenario that is going on. But that's a lot. But we're talking that's devastating. Yes. Well, I guess they did what they were going to do. October 13th, 1846. Since the Native Americans have killed almost all of his cattle... Carl Wolfinger from Germany stops at the Humboldt Sink to cash his wagon. Two men, Joseph Reinhardt and Augustus Spitzer, stay behind to help but return without him, saying that he has been killed by Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Reinhardt later confesses to have killed Wolfinger for his money. No. I'm like, bro, I, bro, you have so many other things to worry about right, right now, and you're killing this man. Also, like... He's having to cash his wagon. Like, Yeah. I can't. Oh, no. I don't. Brutal times. Yeah. October 16th, 1846. The Donner Party arrives at the Truckee River, which will lead them into the Sierra Nevada. October 25th, 1846. The immigrants' food is almost depleted when Charles Stanton returns from Sutter's Fort. He brings seven mules loaded with provisions and two Native American guides. Their names are Louis and Salvador, uh, plus the news that the pass through the Sierras should be open for another month. William McCutcheon, who had accompanied him to California, is ill and remains at Sutter's Fort. October 28th, 1846, James Reed arrives at Sutter's Fort. He's the one who was uh, banished. Mm -hmm. October 30th, 1846, 
William Foster accidentally shoots his brother-in-law, William Pike, who dies a short time later. Jesus Christ. Snow falls during his burial in Truckee Canyon. Can you imagine? You're like, everything else is going wrong, and then there's an accidental shooting death. I feel like they just have all of the signs from the universe. Yeah, that this is not going to go well. This is not the way you want to do this. About this date, Reed and McCutcheon get horses and supplies from Sutter and head back into the mountains after their families. They meet deep snow and are unable to continue, so they cash the provisions and return the fort to await another opportunity. Like, this, the snow is starting now, and I'm just, I'm so concerned, and I know what happens. Like, (laughs) October 31st, 1846. The front axle of George Donner's family wagon breaks. No. While making a new one, George cuts his hand badly. No. George and Jacob's group lag behind while the rest of the party moves on. No. Because they have to make that choice. They can't, like, wait. Yeah. They have to go. Yeah. All right. November. Early November, 1846. Patrick Breen wrote of this time, quote, We pushed on as fast as our failing cattle could haul our almost empty wagons. At last we reached the foot of the main ridge near Truckee, now Donner Lake. It was sundown, the weather was clear, but a large circle around the moon indicating an approaching storm. Uh, We were talking earlier about a diary. Patrick Breen is the one who does the diary, and um, later, probably in episode two, um, more than episode one, we that's when we start getting most of his entries. Gotcha. The emigrants spend the night at the lake, a thousand feet below the summit. During the night, it begins snowing on the summit. Uh-oh. In the morning, the emigrants try to make it over the pass, but the snow is already five feet deep. Oh, no. Stanton and one of the two Native American guides do reach the summit but turn back. The others are too exhausted to push on. Night finds the immigrants huddled against the mountain in a windy storm of snow and sleet. The next day, temporarily defeated, they return to the eastern end of the lake. They can't take any more delays. No. This is so bad. They traveled 2,500 miles and are only 150 miles from Sutter's Fort. The Donners, held up by that accident that we talked about before, are Mm -hmm. still behind. They haven't got up yet. November 6th, 1846. At Sutter's Fort... George McKinstry writes, quote, All things remain quiet here. The weather is bad. I am fearful the snow is too deep for the last company of emigrants to cross the mountain. Uh, still in November here, the two sections of the Donner Party camp for the winter near the lake. The Breen family takes shelter in an abandoned cabin against which Lewis Kiesberg builds a lean-to. About 200 yards away, William Eady and William Foster build a cabin against a boulder for the Eadies, Fosters, Murphys, and Pikes. The Graves and Reed families occupy two sides of a double cabin about half a mile away from the other two. About six miles back on Alder Creek, the two Donners families set up a tent apiece. The single men accompanying them construct a brush shelter. So we're we're batting down now because we don't have much of a choice. Yeah, I was gonna say. They're really uh, making some structures. Yep. November 20th, 1846. Patrick Breen begins keeping a diary. Um, and he says, came to this place on the 31st of last month that it snowed. We went on to the pass. The snow so deep we were unable to find the road when within three miles of the summit, then turned back to the shanty on the lake. We now have killed most part of our cattle, having to stay here until next spring and live on poor beef without bread or salt. 
It snowed during the space of eight days with little intermission after our arrival here. Yeah, once it starts there, it's not melting. It's just going to keep getting it's, crazy. Yes. Yeah. November 21st, 1846. Patrick Breen's diary again. Fine morning. Uh, wind northwest. 22 of our company are about starting across the mountain this morning, including Stanton and his Indians. Um, I don't like using the word Indians. I use Native Americans, but that's a quote from his diary, so I apologize. November 22nd, 1846. Patrick Breen wrote, froze hard last night. This is a fine, clear morning. Wind east-southeast. No account from those on the mountain. Every time I see froze hard last night, I'm like, oh god. Yeah. It's just getting worse. Like, there's ice now. Yeah. It's like... Whew. November 23rd, 1846. Patrick Breen again writes, same weather, wind west, the expedition across the mountains returned after an unsuccessful attempt. No. So they keep trying to send these people out, no. and they just can't make it. November 24th, 1846. Patrick Breen, fine in the morning, towards evening, cloudy and windy. Wind west, looks like snow, freezing hard. Mm. It just is so desolate and like... It definitely gives me the vibes of a, the start of Red Dead, too. Yeah. Where you're like, Jesus, this is not... Not good. Non-stop. November 25th, 1846. Patrick Breen writes, Wind about west-northwest, cloudy. Looks like the eve of a snowstorm. Our mountaineers intend trying to cross the mountain tomorrow if the weather is fair. Froze hard last night. Big if. Big if. November 26th. Patrick Breen wrote, Began to snow yesterday in the evening. No rains or sleet. The mountaineers don't start today. Of course not. Of course not, yeah. Okay. November 27th, Patrick Breen. Continues to snow, the ground not covered, wind west, dull prospect for crossing the mountains. Mm -hmm. Ain't that the truth, brother? Yeah. Sorry, buddy. November 28th, Patrick writes, snowing fast now, about 10 o'clock, snow 8 or 10 inches deep. Soft, wet snow, weather not cold, wind west. Like, oh my god. Ouch. November 29th, 1846. Patrick Breen writes, still snowing, now about three feet deep. Wind west. Holy shit. Yep. Three feet? Three feet. You just said eight to ten inches, and now it's three, three feet. feet. A day later. A day later. That's what I'm saying, man. When yeah. you're in those mountains, it does not stop. Oh, no. Wind west killed my last oxen today. Oh, no. Will skin them tomorrow. Gave another yoke to Foster's. Hard to get wood. Oh, no. So, as we can see here, the weather is starting to get worse and worse. Yeah. Prospects are looking more grim as travel is impossible. And food stores are now low to non-existent. And they are having to stay in their current location and cannot move. Holy shit. And that is the end of November. <laughs> And that is where we are going to stop part one. No. Um, because we're going to get into part two where things just do not get better. <laughs> How can I wait a week? I'm so, I feel so, we need to think of something happy to leave these people with. I feel so depressed. <laughs> it's so bad. It's very bleak. Right now we're grateful for heaters. Yes. We're grateful that we don't have to um, traverse Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, air conditioning and heating. Or Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry to leave you on that note, <laughs> everyone. Um, I hope that wherever you are, you're staying warm. You're yeah. not setting out for travel too late. Um, 
and that you're staying odd, Arcadia.